Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Calling S1E31. We have an emergency. Petra's an occasion podcast. Go. We need you to watch and review the Martin Scorsese film from 1999, Bringing Out the Dead. It's urgent. Really? Isn't there any of a Nicholas Cage based podcast that can do it. There's so many out there. Pretty sure loads of them have done it before. Pretty sure some of them have got his coming up episodes. Do you really need me to do it? Yes, but the Anagram Hunter has found that the title of this movie is an anagram for Get a Dude in Brighton. Fuck, well, I guess you can't argue with any of the anagrams that are provided by Thomas underscore W underscore Hunter on Twitter. I guess I'm going to have to watch Bringing Out the Dead from 1999 then, guys. Welcome to episode 31 of the Caged In podcast. This week, I am joined by Phil of Those Movie Guys. How are you, Phil? I'm I'm awesome, man. I'm happy to be on your show. I've been listening. (laughs) I was listening to it it today. it was great. Amazing. I mean, what, what episode were you listening to, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, the 8mm. Yeah, <laughs> that is. And um, you're right in the zone of, like, my favorite Nick Cage movies. So, like, I, every week I watch a Nick Cage movie because I listen to your show and I'm like, you know what? I love that movie. Yeah. It's, I'm going to throw that on. It's definitely, like, I, I'm kind of calling it, like, the golden mile of Nicolas Cage at the moment. Like, I think from, like, 96 to about, I don't know. That man. makes sense. Because at the end of The Green Mile, he dies. <laughs> is he? No, he's not in the Green Mile, is he? <laughs> no, but at the end of the Green Mile, Mar- oh. Michael Clark Duncan dies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this is the end. Uh, this is like the highlight. He's just going, and then it, then it ends. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's. I, I'm hoping that maybe in the later stages of Nicolas Cage's career, there will be like a rebirth of some kind. Like he will. I mean, yeah, I think you said you're like. So this is 31, and you said there was, like, 70-some Nick Cage movies? I I recently, like, maybe four days ago, added, like, 12 more movies that yeah. are in, like, production onto my list. Like In the last, like, eight years, this guy's put out, like, four a year, and they're all high quality. <laughs> yeah, that's... So you... you <laughs> it's gonna suck. <laughs> I think this year alone, there's, like, six, like gonna come out or yeah it's uh he's got bills to pay man yeah definitely yeah he's buying all those uh elephant skulls and 
dinosaur bones and yeah he's got that weird ass house or he did I, don't, I think he still got it. i think he had to sell that yeah I, i'm not sure if he's like i don't know if the tax man's his friend at all uh, <laughs> <laughs> well let's get on to the matter at hand which is bringing out the dead the 1999 martin scorsese directed um which i would kind of it's like a drama uh like uh yeah how would you how would you describe this movie I, yeah, drama works i don't there, there's nothing else you could probably it's not a thriller it's not supernatural even though there's some it tries to be at points i don't not sure that, that really was for though. yeah yeah 100%. like i i tried not to look at anything about it i just saw i think he like, in the beginning, it was, like, a Martin Scorsese film, so I don't know if he directed or produced or EP or what. No, it's, uh, yes, yeah, Martin Scorsese directed, written by Paul Schrader, who uh, wrote Taxi Driver, and I think has worked with Cage on some later films. I know he directed um, uh, Dying for the Light, and then he directed Dog Eat Dog. The, the came out this year with like willem dafoe and looks fucking batshit crazy uh, oh i loved i love dafoe yeah 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 yeah. Uh, he's uh yeah he's fucking crazy uh but <laughs> this film like uh i just kind of it skimps a lot on plot so like plot wise there's i don't think there's that much really going on but like let's try and break that down for you poor listeners at home who have made it. This. Yeah, they, they kind of just they they throw you in it. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of opens up with a fucking amazing song, which I had to like look up like as soon as the film ended, which is uh, Van Morrison's uh, TB Sheets. Like it's kind of like gnarly blues track, and you just got like flashes <laughs> of him at the helm of this ambulance, and like well, yeah, but. Like I, I brought up that that's like the cliche, uh, <laughs> like just the dragging out the job, like the grind. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. The song you play, like the end of the day after your job, you go and have a drink at the bar, and that's always playing. Like that's just <laughs> this sets you up for this guy's just struggling with his job. Oh yeah, definitely. And then you get this like, like noirish like voiceover, like of him like kind of talking about his like job, don't you? Like the like. Right. The grind of it and like how, I don't know, he seems like a plagued guy. He looks like fucking shit, for he, one. He, lo- the, he looks horrible the whole time. He does not look like he's slept like in forever. Um, he's partnered up with the great John Goodman as well. Like, I think his partners in the ambulance are fucking amazing. Like... I think you got to be a little crazy to do that uh, that night shift job, especially in New York. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, this film is set in New York. Sorry, I feel like I keep, keep having to drag it back to explaining what I keep getting lost on, right. if I could just getting into, like, I don't I, 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 I enjoyed this film. I kind of, I've literally just stepped out of it and jumped into recording, but... I think at the moment there's a lot to digest. I think, but I enjoyed it. But yeah, it's ninety. It's, it, it makes a point of saying it's early nineties New York, and it's just kind of everything. Looks- it was high time. It was high time for that shit. Yeah, it's grimy. It's dirty. Like, um, and Frank and John Goodman are called out to a job. Is that Larry? I believe. 
Larry, that's the one. Yeah, they're called out to Larry. a job for a cardiac arrest. And when they get there, uh, they are met by Mary, who is played by uh, Patricia Arquette, whose father has gone into cardiac arrest and they're trying to resuscitate. And then the voiceover talks about how he's like Cage's character feels like he can see the spirits leaving the bodies of the people. Um, well, I, th- I, th- he, I think he brings up that he expects to see the spirits, then looks over the window and there's not one there. Yeah, I think he forgot for a second that he was shooting, bringing out the dead <laughs> and not uh, not City of Angels. Uh, I imagine he did so much in those years and like the effects of all the cocaine he did in like the early 90s, late 80s had warped People his- were paying him money to be in things. <laughs> he, was, he was living the life. That's when he was buying islands and... <laughs> dinosaur eggs and shit (laughs) yeah but like he's got a really weird peculiar way of trying to get the guy to uh like back to life he's like put on his favorite music put on his jams like i've heard he's a big buster rhymes man get on break your neck he wants to fucking boogie out to that shit this will get him back to life obviously it's not buster rhymes it's uh frank sinatra because what would any i i i don't know i I, I I think an old dude could definitely listen yeah. to Buster Rhymes in New York. <laughs> yeah, I don't, early 90s though. Buster Bust might not have been busting his thing on the scene quite yet. Maybe, DM, maybe DMX. <laughs> um, and then they, yeah, they get a pulse and they take him to the hospital, which is fucking crazy. Like this hospital. Uh, it's manic. Yeah, it's just... There's people everywhere. There's people, like, strapped down to beds. And uh, we get introduced to, I think, is one of... He's not in it a lot, but one of my favourite characters is Gris. The, like, uh, hospital security guard. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he he wasn't taking no shit. I don't... I I didn't even know hospitals had security guards. Um... I guess this place must have because, like, it's just littered with junkies and, like... He's, he's like, y'all need to calm down. <laughs> what well, the best thing he says is, um, he says, don't make me take off my sunglasses. Like, <laughs> right. And do, do work the night shift and wears glasses the entire time. <laughs> um, yeah, this is... He's just one of many peculiar characters we kind of get in this. Oh, I, I think... Uh, I don't know who she would be, like, the, the checking in nurse, but she deals with all the junkies, like... <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, you, you wanna, you wanna, you, you just wanna, you just wanna get out of here. You've come in here with needle marks in your arm. You just wanna get out there, get back, get some more needle marks in your arm. What, what the fuck do you want us to do about it? Right, like, like your your head, your head's all banged up because you got drunk and bumped your head. <laughs> and all you're gonna do is go out and get drunk and bump your head and come back in here. So why, why would we help you now? I like that. I like that cutthroat attitude about it i'm not sure if this film is supposed to be a commentary on uh the healthcare system in uh america in the early 90s or what well, you know and, and and i don't want to jump ahead a bunch but i uh, will talk about mr o later but she seemed really nice with mr o though i they probably built up a rapport about the amount of times he had visited the, uh, but you the, think uh, that would have been another one that she would have been like, you're just going to go get drunk and collapse out of it somewhere, you know? But <laughs> yeah, she was definitely. really cool with him. But we'll get to Mr. O. Oh, definitely. And uh, one character who is kind of... 
significant who's in this chaos is a character of Noel who is just begging any anyone who will listen for water and it's just like this kind of street crazy who's just f- fucked basically that, like, that fucking mark anthony yeah 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 yeah. um with definitely not a wig <laughs> that hair is something else it like it's got, it's got some predator vibes going on like right with, it was like, like it's like you do you have any rastafarian wigs uh, we need this to uh, pretend to be this guy. Yeah, it's like it, well, it's like a a real. I don't know. Some of it, it looks like it's made out of like bin bags, you know, like trash bags and stuff like that. It right. looks fucking weird. It looked, it had some Mad Max vibes going on, like some real like a poster. It's like his whole outfits throughout the film. It's kind of weird post post apocalyptic. At one point, he looks like he's wearing tires round him. He's fucking. He's, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Just like, I know what scene you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just some like batshit crazy, and they're like, it's like they said to him, "You like go in the props department, pick out anything. I'm sure it will make you yeah, look like, fucking uh, crazy." Yeah, there was a vest he wore that looked like very steampunk. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Like just two tubes going all over and shit. <laughs> um, so how did junkies get such cool shit? I don't know, man. It was the early 90s. Steal it. I think they steal it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, he ends up breaking out and then like gets his water and he's out of there. And then it just goes back to Frank and Larry just cruising the streets in New York. And we see it as this disgusting grime just crime everywhere it's like fucking blowjobs in the alley people fucking smoking crack openly prostitutes littering the streets and um this is the first time we see like a vision that frank has of like he's he looks at a pregnant prostitute and then all of a sudden her face changes to that of um well you know you don't really know who it's like it's kind of um latino young girl face like just where, where he's, he's like the the flashbacks of her yeah yeah yeah. but he's seeing her face on just like the people in the streets and uh he's yeah he's fucked and like kind of i think he talks to larry about what happened about this like says i'm i'm plagued by rose's ghost like she she just kind of i don't know yeah haunts me and uh I do. Is this I do. is this where he's driving, or is where Larry takes over a drive and which he hates? Yeah, I think it's when Larry's driving. Uh, no, no, it's when he's driving because um, La- La- Larry right, hates the, there, it. There's the fo- there's the there's the uh, CB the radio call where they're ignoring it. Yeah, yeah. Well, La- Larry's like, I just want to fucking get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, then he can't get uh, beef lo mein because he had that last night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but then we get this amazing, like, monologue of, like, the hot, like, kind of, like, I think it's another voiceover of just, like, the horrors of the job. And it's, like, really, like, beautiful and poetic, like, him explaining, like, how this kind of... You know, and it really, it, it didn't hit home, but it really made sense to me, like, in that world, he became more of like the grief counselor than the the, the savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he like, was just think... he was just to be there while they died. Yeah, and it's like I don't. It feels like this one, this 
one like incident though with Rose has just like it's really got to him. Like it's kind of, yeah, as you said, you're thrown into the middle of it, and this is just one of maybe three nights we see him on the job, and like he's just he's just riddled with this guilt, which you just don't you don't really know what at this point what the fuck like happened or what is going on. Uh, but then yeah, you're you're, thro- you're thrown in the mix, but well, really, it, it caught me like it was. Uh, do you remember watching The Machinist mm. with uh, Christian yeah, Bale? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, he was yeah. like an insomniac, so there, there, and I think that goes a lot with people that work night shift, where they they start like they start just their their cycles are reversed. They're really just odd about sleeping. They tend not to sleep at all, what? or very little. And you start seeing that, and this is where you start seeing things and seeing you know yeah. acting really chaotic. Well, yeah, like there's a lot of this. Like I kind of didn't know whether it was the actual events of the film or like it's his kind of his mania and his like hallucinations right. kind of acting out in this kind of crazy way and like maybe i tell you, some kind of hyperbole in his mind of what is actually going on around him because it's, yeah and I, I, I that's that's where i'm with that is it's more all in his head he's just kind of going kind of a little down that path yeah yeah like elements of this definitely reminded me of uh fear and loathing in las vegas like a lot some of the shots and just some of the right. mania like i'll talk about a very specific scene when we get to it um but at this moment is when they decide to... Well, they want to ignore the call because they know who the fuck it's going to be. It's the fourth time this week that it's going to be Mr. Mis- o. <laughs> and Mr. O is the best. I think I think Larry killed it with that whole scene. I mean, it was he, he knew he didn't want to go there. He went there and he was just an asshole the entire time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mr. O is just like, I feel, but I'm, I, I'm drinking right now. And like, I just think like, oh, just Aren't looking at that guy. Oh yeah, definitely. But like, I, he just makes me, uh, he made, he made me feel dirty. Like, like I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those. Like you're, you're going to be in a wheelchair calling the, calling the hospital every two days. <laughs> well, no, it's just like, it's just their reactions. Like, especially Larry's like. The guy stinks. Like, like even though he's in the back of the ambulance, Larry's like as they drive out the window, <laughs> yeah, like, like like a dog out the window. And so, but so is Nick Cage, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both. But he's, but he's he's making fun of Larry about it. Well, yeah, yeah, and um, then they get to the like they take him in, and they're like, we don't. <laughs> We don't want that motherfucker. Like, Gris is like, I ain't having that motherfucker in here again. Get him, like, get him outside. And, uh, not, Frank, not tonight. Not not this day. <laughs> yeah, Frank just takes him outside and kind of puts him up against the wall. And it's like, ah, someone will come to you when they're ready. Don't worry about it, Mr. O. We'll, we'll get to you eventually, you stinky fuck. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Larry's pushing him the whole time like, that. <laughs> <laughs> Just like half throwing up the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this is the first time, well, like, for another interaction between Mary and Frank, where they um just kind of having a conversation whilst like he's having a smoke. And she's like, I don't know, like, they're building up this relationship of like, he's brought in her dad 
we're just we're just checking in, seeing what's happening. Is the dad is the dad doing okay? Uh, I I've written in my notes. Uh, the dad's probably dead at this point. Uh, <laughs> well, I think when they first brought him in, the doctor's like, "The fucker, he's done." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the doc, like everyone in this hospital, is so cutthroat. They're like, like the guy is like that. Nobody, he's like, hey, put him in the back of the line. Like, don't need him. Like, like he, yeah. Why, why help the duty? Like, why commit resources to this guy? He's fucking dead. <laughs> you know, come on, we got shit to do. <laughs> And even, uh, yeah, Larry says it on the way in. He's like, some motherfuckers are going to die because we're taking care of Mr. O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the best, of the best things as well is when when uh, Mr. Burke, his name is, is brought into the hospital, first of all, like, he's like, didn't I pronounce this guy dead over the phone? What the fuck is he doing here now? Like, right. And, um, yeah, like, I think in the U.S., they have to... Usually, you don't get pronounced dead unless you're in the hospital. Like they gotta keep pumping on you until you get there. Yeah, well, this this hospital, I don't know if it's this like it's kind, it's got the nickname Misery, and just seems like the fucking like death's the door, bottom of the barrel. Like, yeah, definitely. Like like I like homeboy that did all the ER, he, the head of the ER. He was probably making like seven dollars an hour. <laughs> like it was like we got the guy that flunked out of med school running this whole sh- whole thing. Like he's got some <laughs> medical knowledge, but not enough. Well, I think it's, it's enough. I think it's it's enough to keep. I oh, think it's, yeah, men- it's enough to take care of drug dealers. Yeah, I think it's mentioned at one point when he says like uh, someone said, like talks about him and it's like. Uh, well, the guy's working like doubles. Like he's he's on, he's on like no right. sleep. I he's kept not... he kept touching his eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which like, well, yeah, he's probably it's probably because he's fucking tired. Like he's been working twenty seven hours. Like, what right, do you yeah, I think I think dub. I think a shift in a hospital is like fourteen hours. So a double is a long time. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Um, I I, I, I want this... that guy diagnosing me. <laughs> um then we get like uh frank talking about like the worst time of the night is between five and six because it is just when you think that the shit is done you think it's done and well you know right before daylight it's always the witching hour man i've been awake that long and there's some crazy shit that happens if you've been awake all night Right before sunrise, there's always something fucking wild that happens. Oh, definitely. And he says, like, it is between those hours that he found Rose. And, like, I think that's what's made the lasting impression on him, that those hours particularly are so... I don't know. I think... Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure you've stayed awake all night, but, man, I've never had a good experience. Oh, no, no, in no. In the morning. No, never, <laughs> never, never. No, no, no. It's, uh, I mean, even though I thought the party couldn't stop and everybody's like, we're going to go all night. It <laughs> never. Once daylight hit, it got weird. Like, nobody was happy anymore. Everybody was, like, sober enough, actually. They got so drunk, they sober. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, um, yeah, all that you're left with is just the bitter taste of regret and, like, <laughs> right. oh, mistakes. Like, oh, God. Right. <laughs> 
Like, yeah, all night long. So they have to live in a. He's got to be a paramedic in the city where these people do this every single night, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is the city that never fucking sleeps, and it is definitely shown that way in this movie. Um, they go check out the prostitutes sometimes. Yeah, they just kind of crew. Uh, like a lot of a lot of it just seems like. What do they do? Maybe three jobs a night? They kind of... I don't... Like, not that it's... Not that I'm saying what they do is easy work, but I'm saying, like, comparative... Well, no, not I didn't know. I, I just assumed the motherfuckers were just, like, uh, firefighters sitting in, a like, a, a room and, like, we need an ambulance. Go! Like, they're just cruising the streets like cabbies? Yeah, yeah, Waiting yeah, for yeah. the call? I didn't yeah, know I, that, but... Maybe I that's wish true. That- I wish there was maybe there's some deleted scenes of this. I wish there was like some scenes of them like uh, I don't know, having to fill up for gas. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of I don't know, like yeah. some real mundane, M- shit. mundane <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah know, like, well, we gotta kick the tires, make sure there's air in them. Yeah, there's yeah. going on, no calls. You know. I mean, there's a scene where it shows where they go park like on a pier and uh, take a nap. Larry takes a nap. Yeah, like lucky. Uh, Lucky motherfucker. Um, and it's at this, it's, that is the exact moment that we're, we're at in the thingy. And like uh, Frank says how he kind of like wishes he could sleep like Larry is and that he kind of has waking nightmares. And we get the impression that he drinks a lot at this point. He's like, I fucking love a good old well, drink. Well, I think... Well, Larry said that earlier. Uh, he was talking about talking about eating food, and uh, he can't have lo- beef lo mein again because he had it last night. And Larry's like, "Well, I don't eat." He's like, what, are you, "What are you gonna eat?" He's like, "I don't eat." Yeah, yeah. I'm not hungry. He's like, "He's like, he can't live off a of beer and whiskey." Well, he's got a straight diet in this film of like alcohol, cigarettes, and coffee, uh, and maybe one slice of pizza. Uh, <laughs> that is the extent of Frank's diet throughout this whole movie. Um, well, I do, I do agree with that lifestyle, but I switched from coffee to tea recently. Oh, so. hello, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I changed it up. I was feeling uh, coffee just too much of it, so no, I, switched nice. to, I was I switched to tea. Very nice. Um, Maybe that'll gain some followers in the UK. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we 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 love a bloody <laughs> cup of tea, here, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, then they like um, the night. Yeah, it kind of talks about how the night never ends, like, because fucking, they get called out again, just like, Larry, you ain't fucking napping, pal, some shit is going down, and they turn up to fucking null, covered in blood. Null again. <laughs> Glass. They said, yeah, they said something that was like a attempted suicide, but that's all they know. Yeah, and uh, like, and, he's got a Noel's like, just... Push, push it in me, kill me. He was. It wasn't really a suicide, I guess. No, was it? No, 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 no. He's just got a glass bottle up against, like, up to his throat, and like they kind of say, he's like, yeah, he's like, fucking someone do it, and he's just like, one of the weirdest negotiation scenes because, like, <laughs> Frank, I'll, I, yeah, I can't do it here in front of the public, but I can do it at the hospital. We have a room for. Uh, what do you say? Terminations. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, we got we got all types of instruments to like 
take you out. No, how do you want to go? You want the gas? You want the pills? You want the you, you want the injection? We we got it all. Like, and, what and take your this, pick. This dude's a fucking maniac. So he's like, well, yeah, that's what I, all I want is somebody to kill me. So that sounds sweet. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take the pills. Like, let me come in. Uh, but their lovely operation is interrupted by Frank's old partner Tommy. Played Tom Sizemore. What a fucking crazy motherfucker <laughs> this guy is. I've, I told him the la- next time I see him, I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> he is like, he is a sadistic fuck. Like, he just kicks Noah a few times. He's like, I'm going to fucking get him. He, he kind of tells this story of, like, n- apparently Noah had uh, two priests held up with a screwdriver. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, next time I see him, I'm going to fuck him up. Uh, but then, like, again, they they bundle Noah in the back, and then they are called out to another um, emergency, and this time it is a shooting, and the one of the guys who's been shot is played by Michael B. Williams, is it? Uh, Omar from The Wire? Omar, Omar for the wire. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but I was like, "That's Omar." Yeah, really early role. Um, guess like- yeah, fucking loved Omar from the wire, dude. He was one of the best. Yeah, yeah. And I think he was uh, uh, Chalky Black from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, and did have you seen um, the night of the like the H- night of? Yeah, the HBO like miniseries. No, I didn't. Oh, it's it's but fucking I, great. I think he, I think he is a great actor, though. Oh yeah, he's he's. And he's this fucking... is such a minimal role, but dude, <laughs> they they back then they were like, man, we we got something here with this guy. Yeah, he's, we, he's a great actor. He he died amazingly well in this film. Sorry to spoil that for you guys, but he dies on arrival to the hospital, DOA, and uh, Noel just decides at this point. Fuck it, I'm out of here. Just kind of runs off. You into know, the- I don't think you have. To, I don't think you have to say spoil when you <laughs> you label the episode. What the fuck you talking about? <laughs> I know that, but like, I meant like I kind of like just jump to the fact he dies. Not that like they like. They, well, they, he they, wasn't in there very long, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that they have like a moment or anything like that. I'm like, fuck it. Like they just jumped into. He dies. Like no, no, no. Like nuances of like they kind of have this tender, sweet moment in the back of the ambulance. Like, tr- like he. Well, he even said there was. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't roll back to it because while he was dying, his head fell over with uh, the what is it, the Red Death or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and some cats snag it, but they never expanded upon that. I thought they would have, like, where did that go? Or the police are like, who is this guy? And nothing. He just was like, I don't want to die. I'm going to go into the army and hold my hand. And Nick Cage is like, don't touch touch, touch, touch me. <laughs> well, I think this film is quite like like 8mm in the way that it's quite existential. And that, like, it's bad shit happens. And, like, there there, there isn't a lot of, like... Um, there's no reason. There's no reason, and there's no like, like unfortunately. Well, there's, well, there, there, I'm sure there. 
in the long run there is a reason but there's no just yeah there might not be justice for stuff stuff like bad shit happens and bad shit happens and bad people get away yeah like like that's it like i think and and it's establishing that the red death is like i don't know it's gonna be a running theme through this film but not maybe i don't know not really a major plot point i wouldn't say uh I would say this, like, as I said, it skimps on plot, but it's kind of more of like a tone, like, it's, it's, it's a tone poem, as it were, like, it's more about... I can handle that, though. Yeah, it's more about, like, oh, like creating a mood and an atmosphere, and it kind of feels like Martin Scorsese flexing his, like, uh, surrealist muscle, like, uh, in a way. Well, back then, I mean, if... He was hot. He's like, I'm going to bring in a little Nick Cage. He seems like a big deal right now. Well, yeah, uh, he's the new De Niro. But it's kind of it's very it's very different to a lot of like uh, Scorsese films in that like it's a, it's a his are his are more crime crime related crime related and like just even the way that like they're shot they're a bit more like straight. Do you know what I mean? Like they're normally like. This is a bit more like some will some real wacky shits going down. Like I don't know, some of the shots in this of like there there's always a spin to it for Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. And like in this, like I found like it's it's it felt very like heavily saturated, like the light in it in scenes like seemed super bright. It almost seemed like the characters themselves like had like a glow around them. Did you get that or did I get a a bum, a bum DVD. Um, <laughs> well, I just typed in uh, the, the details of this into Google, and I watched the first thing that came. Oh, up. oh, cool. <laughs> so, um, I don't, it, it could have been a sweet Blu-ray version. I have no clue, <laughs> but I just I got what I got. Nice. Um, yeah. So we then go to uh, Frank. Goes to, goes to see his boss, and like, uh, he just wants out of this job. And he's like, his boss is like, "Come on, man, you've been sick like seven, like so many times this month. You've been late nine times. I've told you about this shit. You can't do this anymore." And he's like, "Please, please, just fire me. Like you said, if I was late again, you would fire me. Please, just do it. Do it now." Do it quick. And, uh, and, and his boss is like, no, nobody tells me like who I can fire, when I can fire him. And he's like, no, you said if I showed up late again, you'd fire me. Like, damn it. And uh, one of the weirdest uh, things that his boss does is he, like, uh, barks like a dog. Yeah, that was, I don't know where that was coming from. I get, like, he, right after the barking, he did, like, the, I told him to shove it up their ass. <laughs> I get that, but like that, yeah, the barking, like he's he's a junkyard dog. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's just touches like that that just made me like in this film. Okay, okay. I don't know. Well, like it felt more. It start, I don't. It it kind of. I can imagine this film being directed by uh, David Lynch. Like, like if David Lynch done it, I, he's I unhinged. Totally get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. All these kind of weird, kooky character, like side characters. Then we get to my favourite of Frank's partners, 
who is Marcus, played by Ving Rhames, who is... God, that, that was so much fun. What a it's guy. the funnest of the whole movie. Yeah, he's such a fucking cool guy. And, I like, he's just a seasoned pro. Like, he has been at this for years. And he's just, like, he's doing this shit. And he's just, like, I don't know. He's, like... He's always got a cigar in his mouth. like Not even lit. Not even lit. Just no, there. Just, like, he's just there. It's a, he's a caricature, caricature of something. Yeah, you know? he's just sucking on it. He's just getting them flavors. He's like, but he's, he is great. And they get called out to a heroin overdose, um, which brings but me. You, you forgot to bring up, that's, that's Ving Rhames. The great Ving Rhames. Ooh. Who was with uh, Nick Cage in what movie? Petros? Con Air, of go. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing, um, oh, what is it? Uh, Diamond, Diamond Dog. Dog. Yeah, 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 of course. Diamond Dog. Oh, fucking legend. Uh, and then on this on this call for the uh, heroin overdose, they, <clears throat> the guy who has overdosed has possibly it, the best name ever. Uh, Ever. I think ever. Yeah, I think the best name ever. Uh, do you remember the name, Phil? Would you like to tell the lovely people at home what that H- name his is? His name is I Be Bangin'. I, <laughs> I Be Bangin'. Uh, real name is... Uh, was it like... F- Frederick. Frederick, yeah. Frederick Jones or something like that. Not Freddy, Frederick, but it's I Frederick. Be... I, so that, yeah, I Be Bangin'. <laughs> And then, but uh, I, I, I like the way they played it, though. There's like the, the subtle thumbs up, and then he's just like, uh, Ving Rams goes into this whole. Uh, Marcus, his character, goes into this whole uh, like Baptist preacher scene. Everybody hold hands. We need to bring him back now. We need to do this for I've been begging. It just it, goes wild. It's fucking great. I will. Uh, I will probably drop like. A clip of that, or try and source that clip and put it on Twitter. Or oh, something. I, I loved, I loved that because it was, it was. He just, he made all these junkies at this club hold hands, and they were all looking up, and they were, they were feeling the power of the Lord. And it is the fact that it kind of broke the tension in this kind of like really fucking like grimy tale of like these. That yeah, that's why I said it was like one of the funniest move part of the movie was kind of gave some light to it yeah definitely and like uh kind of like i think that was intentional in the fact that ving rames's character is as like we've established is very like religious and um i don't know he's like kind of a very optimistic guy and like loves the job that he does well, there, and yeah i think there was a scene afterwards where uh Nick Cage. Nick Cage are they? Are they they're talking about some, some story, story about some suicide where, uh, where uh, Marcus survived. And uh, uh, how? What the, what's Nick Cage? Nick Cage's name? In this? Frank. Frank. Frank was like, well, yeah. There's a story from Ireland where a woman jumped off a cliff and then got blown back on. He's like, by the wind. He's like, that was Jesus. He's like, or the wind. He's like, you don't tell me about the good book. <laughs> that was um, Jesus and then they just kind of yeah they're like shooting the shit like and then they turn back up to the hospital to see what is going on with Mr. Burke and Mary they have a little chat they have a nice little bit of pizza 
this is one of the first times we see Frank actually have something to eat. And there's a really, like, I remember, that, like, they kind of sit down and have a chat. And there's a really weird, like, there's, like, three angles on Patricia Arquette. Like, he, she asks him a question or something. And I, I, it just really stuck out to me. Like it, it seemed like they were they were trying to go art house with the filming. Yeah. Do, do, do you know Do you know the moment I'm talking about? Like exactly. Yeah. Of- it, it was a it was a cut on her, a cut on him, a cut on her from a different angle, a cut back on him, then a cut on her from a totally different angle. It was really strange. Yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of I don't know. That's what I was saying. It feels it feels like it was art house. Like they were they were trying something new and just but not trying to do the whole movie that way. Just seeing the reaction they might get from this. Maybe they'll try it again. Maybe they won't. It, yeah, it just really stuck out as like this is really this is really fucking odd and unnecessary. Out of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this does not need to be here. Um, they kind of, like, I don't know, like, they're just kind of establishing, like, their relationship. They're not really, like, I don't really feel like their conversations really, like, push anything along. There's no, like, I kind of like the fact that it's not, like, exposition heavy or anything like that. There's no, like, oh, this is how, like, because there is no real plot to this film is that is that fair to say like <laughs> i don't think there is i think it's just like a, a a storytelling of what was happening currently like yeah 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 yeah. it's a snapshot it's a snapshot in the life of this right this unfortunate fellow um and then like their like conversation is rudely interrupted because they've got to get back out to it and we get another pearl of wisdom from marcus where he lays down the rules He's got two simple rules. You don't go fucking with patients and you don't go fucking with the daughters of patients. And I think Frank says, like, you don't go fucking with... Uh, the the oh, radio girl or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, like, the... the, 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 the He's saying you don't you don't fuck with... Uh, you don't fuck with rule number three. You don't even know anything about rule number three. <laughs> Oh, uh, and then they just cruise the streets looking at looking at prostitutes, which uh, I don't know. Like which Mar- again was a little a little comedic timing because he was he was bitching about how he just they don't they don't clothe themselves right anymore. They're wearing they you can't tell they're <laughs> hookers anymore. They just walk out of the house with what they're wearing. Some chick's wearing a hoodie, and he's <laughs> like, "You don't even know what's under there. It could be a skeleton." <laughs> and um. Marcus, I don't know, uh, Frank sees the face of Rose again on the hooded lady. He's having these weird visions and like he gets pretty dark for a second where he's like, he kind of like answers out to something and Marcus says to him like, the voice is talking to you again. He's like, yeah, the voice has told me to kill Marcus. And he's like, don't don't go playing with that shit. Uh, They then get called out on another job, which is said to be a cardiac arrest, to which Frank says, why, why can't it be anything else? Why is it always a cardiac arrest? Like, why is it a chest pain or anything like that? Yeah, well, it's just always cardiac arrest. Why, yeah, why is it not just like, why, why, why is everyone having a fucking heart, like a heart attack? Just, let's just call it out a bit, guys, like with the heart attacks. Um... And when they get there, it is a it is immaculate conception. So we are said to believe. I feel like evidently. I feel like a poor gentleman 
has been lied to. She was a whore. <laughs> um, it, but they give you a good shot of the giant, though. Yeah, which, yeah. With, like, some uh, bit, baby legs coming yeah, out. Yeah, three of them, which I thought this film was taking a turn for, like, this, like all of a sudden it's taking, a, a, like, a 90-degree turn and going sci-fi. Uh, well, Marcus was like, there's too many legs. <laughs> And it turns out that she is having twins and they rush her out and the babies are born at the bottom of this kind of derelict building. And then this film kind of like, this was a moment I kind of took a like a real deep breath because one of the babies is fine and one of the babies is rushed into hospital Um expected dead and something about this and Nick, and Nick Cage is doing like the breathing the CPR and a baby where he's like holds like a finger or two up to the chest he's puffing in the mouth running that baby in which I think in in tinfoil into the hospital yeah 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 like. it's like some type of um yeah I think it's like a heat blanket or something. but it's, it's something about that scene something about seeing like CPR on a baby that just like I think intentionally, like rightfully so, made me feel uncomfortable. Like just the thought of, like, do you know what I mean? Like seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's rough. It's rough. I mean, it's it's a newborn baby. That's horrible. Yeah, and like nobody wants to see that, especially especially because uh, Ving Rhames was so hot on uh, the one baby being born. He's like, I got a baby boy over yeah. here. And, you know, he's so happy about it. Like, look at what we did today. Yeah, and like it's just kind of. I think like this. It really brought it down in a good way, like just kind of like, like I think that's what's so good about this, like storytelling is that like obviously you have Big Rain's character, it's like quite light-hearted and optimistic, and then we we come crashing down with this, um, yeah, just horrific event that I wish upon nobody, uh, and the. <laughs> Then they go back out to it and they're like, well, at least we saved one life tonight with the other baby. Let's have a drink. And uh, all they have to hand is a nice bit of gin. A nice little sippy sip. And then I was not expecting the next scene. Uh, Do you know what happens? Do you remember what happens next, Phil? I... Oh, yeah, they crashed. Yeah, which I did not fucking see coming at all like i was like this was a moment i was like is this in frank's head because this does not seem real at all in the slightest and they just they just crawl out of the ambulance fine they're unscathed yeah and he just takes the fuck well i think there's a c wasn't he he wasn't with marcus anymore he was with uh top or joe again right? no 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 he was with marcus drinking yeah 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 Oh yeah, they were because that was after the baby was born. It was a celebration, so they started pounding, pounding booze, and then he just gets out of the car and runs away. Like, yeah, like, I'm out of here. That's it. I am fucking out of here. Yeah, because they crash, <laughs> they crash, and Marcus is like, "Thank you, Jesus." <laughs> oh, and this happy, and he's just like, "I'm outy. I'm, I'm running. He's gone." Well, he says, and uh, yeah, he says, "I quit," and then Marcus says to him. The ghosts won't quit you. You can run away from this job, but you can't escape the demons. Um, then the next day, 
Frank goes back to the hospital to kind of check in on Mary, see what she's up to, and she has cut Noel loose because he's back in the hospital, he's tied up, he's freaking out. She's like, I just want to, I just wanted to let him go, and he's, she's like, I'm going to see a friend. Will you come with me? Uh, and the friend she's going to see because Frank busts in and kind of sees this place is a weird crack den which is known as the oasis uh run by a guy called Cy. oh what's his name uh psychotus but i like that dude i like that dude as an actor yeah 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 but like real weird dude like cornrows this kind of weird crack den he's got going on and Mary's in there, she's taken something, some type of pill, and she's just crashed out in a back room. Frank wants to get her out of there, and then, like... I, so I, I forget like, who this uh, this guy is. Um, because sometimes he plays, like, Indian guys, and other times he plays, like, Hispanic guys. Well, yeah, I, I think he's kind of put the same thing as, like, um, like uh, Jason Manzukis. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like he's he he he's Greek, but seems to just play like Middle Eastern guys for some reason. Just got that that weird look about him. Like, I I well, I, I, I guess they're blessed. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a, there's a, also another guy that I think he's Egyptian who ends up playing also the guy that was in uh, Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He ends up playing like because he's got dark complexion, all sorts of characters, Middle Eastern, Mexican, all of it. If you got dark skin, you're you're in. <laughs> I guess if you're a white dude, then you can play all the roles. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. There's that just whitewash a film and put you in it anyway. It doesn't matter. Like yeah, dude. Dude's name is Cliff Curtis. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a white guy's name. <laughs> but he's running this kind of yeah weird haven for like drug users. And convinces Frank to take a pill, uh, which brings upon this kind of David Lynch-style dream sequence, which is fucking crazy. It's it was a it was a hallucination dream sequence that I think didn't really do anything. No, it, it, if anything, it only kind of gave you like it gave you an excuse to show what happened with Rose, or I'm not sure if it did. Like, right. A little flashback scene. Yeah, but like that, the way that was shot was brilliant because everything looked like it was backwards but forwards at the same time. Like the way they were walking and stuff like that, the way she was walking down the street and even like... I thought she was, I thought she was just crib walking. No, 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 because even when like Frank and Larry are like kind of moving, like everything looked like... It looked really. It was filmed. It was filmed in reverse and played the yeah, other. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, but but like they were moving full. Like, yeah, it must have been. They were. I don't. I don't know how they would have worked it out. But it looked. So it just looked off and unsettling. And like moments before that, you kind of sit. I know. I know that's used a lot where people they'll film something in, in reverse and then play it the other way. To make it seem awkward on how they approach. Well, yeah, that's what that's what like um, 
that's what kind of reminded me of it being like David Lynch like because like Twin Peaks that's all over that if you've ever seen clips I don't of, watch when I don't watch any of it the, the, yeah there's like famous clips which is amazing because I watch so much shit and I haven't <laughs> watched any Twin Peaks I am disappointed in you, Phil. Um, I'm holding it out. I'm holding it out because I guess everybody else watches it, so I got to I gotta be stubborn to one thing. I watch everything on the CW, though, <laughs> so keep that in mind. Nice. Yeah, but the, yeah, we kind of see Rose's death and um, kind of see that maybe Frank could have done better at saving her. Like, he, he kind of can't seem to get he- the tube right in her throat and Lowry's giving him a hard time like you're not doing it right you got the stomach again I, I'm not really sure what you mean you know what I thought about that the first time he slid that in the uh, Burke is it Burke the old man first time he slid that in his throat I was like how do they even know what hole it's going down yeah 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 exactly like, yeah, it's yeah. gotta be really difficult to get it out down the right hole I was getting a phone call because I'm a very, very popular guy. <laughs> and a bad podcast guest. Uh, <laughs> um, Should have turned that on silent. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. It's probably a <laughs> hundred other podcasters calling me to ask if I can pod- sub in, you know, do something. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that or the debt collectors asking, where's the money, I- Phil? Where's the money? Uh, well, you know... You know what bill always gets paid first? The internet bill. Oh, That's yeah. The first um, one. Fuck that rent. Fuck that heat. <laughs> that internet get paid. I can do a lot of things if I got internet. Put that blanket on. There's no heat this month. We're just, yeah, well, we're just I, having I, it. I can there. handle it. <laughs> Put another jumper on. Uh, and then, yeah, like, and then he wakes up screaming, uh, as I probably would if I'd had this weird, freakish dream. He had just I wrote it down as uh, his Neanderthal scene. Because <laughs> he goes screaming and just runs in the other room, picks her up, throws him over the shoulder, and um, and walks out of the house. And I don't know if you ever read uh, Valley of the Horses or anything like that, but you remember Clan of the Cave Bear? Any of those books or movies? There was one movie with... Uh, I think Bo Jackson was. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're Neanderthals. Yeah, classic. Like, I grab I grab woman. I'm out of here, and just walks away. Like he turned into a Neanderthal. He was screaming. Found a lady. <laughs> calmed down a little bit, but he's got my accident. Yeah, yeah. He's he's born. He's, he's, he's born again out of the primordial ooze, uh, right. and then takes her back to her apartment and looks like I felt jealous because he looks like he has the best night's sleep ever. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, but he, he, she looks over. He's just sleeping on that Yeah, couch. like, oh, man. Like, Fuck yeah, dude. Like, oh. He looked good. He looked real. I don't sleep, so I don't, I don't, I, I, I envy people. Yeah, well, like, saying about that, I'm like, oh, man, like, really, yeah, really want that to happen. Like, oh, maybe, like, I don't know, I know loads of, like, big podcasts are sponsored by, like, mattress companies, like, Oh, any of you yeah. any of you guys like the sleep the sleep number of beds and stuff casper mattresses lisa mattresses if right. you're listening yes please i want to sleep like <laughs> nicholas cage does in this movie 
I will I will talk about you for probably thirty minutes if that's what you oh. if that's what it oh. takes. Oh, fuck the caged in podcast. I will be the official Casper mattresses podcast if I get a mattress to sleep on. If I'm going, I turned on this Nicolas Cage movie and I fell asleep immediately and didn't wake up for eight solid hours. Yes. and had the best of my night. The movie or my the life. Movie. Who gives a fuck? I slept. I slept like a baby. Uh, but um. Nah, that'd be great, dude. <laughs> he wakes up. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not a I'm not a sleeper though. So I, I I saw him, and they were talking when they walked in, and she looks over and she's like, "No, no," I'm like, "Ah, oh, to lay down that quickly and fall asleep? It's been years." <laughs> yeah, that's a. It's been fucking years. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like, he wakes up in the morning and is kind of like does this weird, really weird w- ritual of like he's like. I washed with three different types of soap. It was nice to be in the company of a lady once again. And it's like, this is some real creepy, pervy motherfucking stuff going on right now. Like, I don't know what you're going on about. Like, is he going to wear her skin as his skin? Because it seems real weird. (laughs) Um, It's a a very, uh, very Buffalo Bill esque. (laughs) thing going on right now yeah um but then like obviously we are under the impression that he has quit his job and then it comes up it flashes on the screen and says saturday and he is back in the boss's office and he's like try it try to get fired again yeah like oh which i thought he quit why do you even go in well i think it's that thing that like you can't quit you can't get fired, like, you're in, do you know what I mean? Blood in, blood yeah, out. Yeah, he's just like, he can't like, and obviously, I, I I guess he feels duty-bound to the people of New York City to keep them alive, and... Well, I, I honestly, I mean, after the movie progresses along enough, I still, I believe he really means well. He wants to help people. He's just tired of helping people that are dying. Well, definitely, yeah, and kind Where of... It, it always seems like it's a drug addict. It's, you know, it's he's never saving, like... There's never an accident where you have to try to save an innocent child or well, an innocent person. It's always like, you need to go here because this person OD'd. You need to go here because this person's drunk and is unconscious. Well, I... Th- like, it's, it's... Yeah, well, I think that's just, what... I, I, feel, I feel the struggle with him. Well, I think, yeah, the... The, the, I think that's why Rose has made such a lasting impression on him because she was like a a 14-year-old girl who, like, from the flashback seems, like, innocent. Like, she's not she's not another one of these, like, as you said, she's not a well, for, drug addict. Yeah, for the flashbacks, it looks like it was a passerby. Nobody called it in. He saw that, stopped and ran out to help her. Yeah. And couldn't. You know, so even if it was a drug thing, it was something that he caught, he took, he wanted to do all on his own. Like I, I am the paramedic. I am the guy who would help you, and he got fucked. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean, well, you don't say he got fucked because I mean, shit happens, man. You're not always there at the right time. You can't always win those battles. Yeah, definitely. Which um, I'm sure is hard for paramedics to think that you should be able to save them all the time. All your training. I can save them, but in the end, not everybody can be saved. Yeah, I guess, I guess his thing is, obviously, like, 
he feels like she was one that deserved to be saved as opposed to others others maybe not so much do you know what i mean like these people who are in right like ODing right. every other week are like they're, they're, like they're, I, I'd be, i i'd be banging yeah yeah i'd be banging like as 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 <laughs> like the the nurse says at the hospital like oh what you just want to get out back onto the streets and pump some more drugs into your veins so, and yeah you can do the, those drugs you'll, again you'll be back in again and it's like this this young girl like i don't know yeah like it was his find. It was his, you know, it was more close to him. Yeah, yeah I guess. definitely. Um, but then this <laughs> third and final night we see on the job, his partner was the best yet. Is Tommy. Oh, my boy. Oh, Tom Sizemore doing it. I, and he is so gun fucking ho. I, 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 I kind of looked at Tom Sizemore and thought, like, why has nobody cast, like, Jonah Hill as Tom Sizemore's son in a film. Uh, <laughs> I think it would work perfectly well. They've kind of both can do that like obnoxious, like arrogant thing, and they look alike. They you could definitely. I don't think Tom Sizemore is acting. He, uh, Tom Sizemore is still acting. He was in a. No, that is who he is. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Him as a person, <laughs> he is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like, like that- it seems to be that like his character rubs off on like Frank because well yeah you get you get a little worked up I think there's there's a there's a little scene in there where he goes in the back and he's talking about how he needs to like he's like stabbing these needles around he needs this concoction of things and then comes up with like this this IV bag and like a mask on him yeah and. Tom, Tommy really isn't even a phase other than like, yeah, yeah. we got <laughs> yeah, it, we're doing you it. You do your thing. Um, and then this, But not even like, hey, you're a drug fucking <laughs> addict? What are you doing? <laughs> but like, um, he's just like, cool. The shots like in this bit are amazing, like the kind of sped up. Oh, they're, they're, they're fast. Yeah, yeah real they're very quick. Fast. And like, it was this kind of sequence that reminded me of like Fear and Loathing, like them kind of like zipping about like a lot of like, the fluorescent haze of the whole thing of like just the lights. Well, of the it was city. also um, it was uh, a full moon, right? So always full moons bring bring about anarchy. Crazy. Somehow, yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah. yeah. The it crazy just happens. So like they're all prepping for it. Like it's gonna be a crazy night because it's a full moon. Yeah, and it's like La- La- Larry's called in sick. He fucking he knows what the score is. Like Larry's out. Larry's yeah. dunsies with this shit. Um, and then they get called out to a suicide, which is like kind of these bums in the middle of this derelict building, and uh, they kind of pull this guy to one side. Tom's like uh, Tommy's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really, I it it, it gave me some uh, enlightenment to it, but I'd like to hear your thoughts first before I bring up mine. No, 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 you go first, man. You go first on this scene. This scene is great. Well, my mine is maybe badgering works. <laughs> you you just make fun of somebody until they're like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, like, like, yeah. What Phil is talking about is that this guy is talking about, like, killing himself. And they're like, they take him into the ambulance and uh, they kind of mock him. 
like Tommy's like, put this thing on your head. If it goes green, go see a doctor. Uh, it's real bad. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. I think a sticky pad of where the uh, connected electric or uh, heart monitor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then so, but he stuck it to his head. Was like, you need to wear this for twenty four hours, and if it, if you, you got to look in the mirror constantly. And if it turns green, you know you're doing bad. So you, you need to keep it, or you're gonna die. But it was kind of like. Um, and I, I hate to make fun of suicide because suicide is a horrible thing. People are plagued with depression and do that shit. But there is also those people that are just doing it just cause. Oh yeah, they well, don't actually feel it. And this is this is one of those scenarios where it's just a dude that doesn't actually really want to do it. He's just like, oh, I'm killing myself. Look at me. Well, people look over here. Well, like uh, as well, like. Frank comes in and just goes hard because he's like, if you want to fucking just do it, nuts. Here's a knife. Here's how you do it. You've been pretty, cut, yeah. You've been cutting well, pretty the wrong much. Way. Like, here's a gun. Yeah. Here's the vein. Here's the vein you want to hit. Go down. Don't go across, you pussy motherfucker. Here's the knife. Yeah, you do feel, it. You feel right here where your pulse is. That's where you want to cut. Not up here. Yeah, you dummy. <laughs> And this guy kind of... And then the guy's, like, the guy's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> I just fucking, like, runs out of there. Like, poor little, like, naked little guy in a loincloth. Like, oh. <laughs> um, I hope- so, it was a horrible thing to do to a person, but did they save him his life in that scenario? I believe yes. Definitely. Uh, there is actually a sequel to this starring that exact same guy, uh... That is the Wolf of Wall Street. Really? He turned his life around. He turned into Jordan Belfort. Jordan Jordan Belfort. (laughs) Tried to kill himself in a crack house and now he was fine. No, I'm obviously joking. Uh, It would be. be Well, that would be a really good turnaround. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was a a million, a hundred millionaire. (laughs) And then lost all that. Yeah. um, Good for him. And then we get a, they get a call out to the Oasis and, uh, shit has gone down. Um, turn up to the front door. The, uh, one of the ladies who frequents there has been shot. Uh, the fish tank has been smashed and there's water all over the floor. And we see that Cy is impaled on a railing, which looks fucking brutal. Um, it looks manageable. Yeah, yeah, but like, uh, and then it turns out that like <laughs> the like f- uh, his like sidekick, this guy called Tiger, had jumped down off a balcony, like managed to like smash through a window, and is out cold. But you get this kind of weird like moment with i was waiting to see a mary though the whole time i i think i I watched it in this movie just like you i had not known anything about it so it was my first time watching i was like don't be mary no cage can't take anymore (laughs) Um, (laughs) he's already at the point luckily it wasn't mary was not there but like um there's that weird like moment of the conversation he has a sigh whilst like they're cutting him. He's just like, yeah, he's rallying around, like he's like hold wiggling on this spike, and he's holding his head. And they're kind of having like, for someone who is like impaled, a really level-headed, <laughs> like 
the conversation is flowing like better than like conversations I've ever had and I've never been impaled uh like he's he's eloquent I, I, th- I think I think there's some realization like this could be it and you're just kind of you kind of slowed on me yeah moment of clarity I've never I've never been impaled yeah I've never been impaled either but I think I mean this could be it so this this dude's just talking man he's just kind of and like you know he kind of, he kind of like brilliantly as well this might be his last conversation ever so you might as well make it good you don't want to be like uh hey petros uh, uh, yeah. Drug, drugs and stuff and, but he like nah. he manages to let out like some exposition bombs as well do you know what i mean like he gives the whole like oh this was the this was the Red Death Gang. They're, they're the guys who did it. Like I tried to jump down. Like I don't know. He he's the good drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a lovely guy. He's kind of running a um. What he? F- I tried to shut down that Red Death. I can't do it all though. <laughs> I'm only one man. Um, and then like yeah, they they go. They take him to the hospital again. He is just piled up and put in the queue. With hundreds of other people. And it's just kind of like, let's go, just just deal with it. And um, I, lo- I, mean, I think there's a hospital scene where they pan over when uh, when Frank's coming in. But he's like yelling at a nurse and there's the whole, like, the the fence spike through yeah, him yeah, yeah. as he's yelling at a nurse and then starts to talk to Frank for a minute. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's just through his body. Yeah. It's just out there. <laughs> And then, like... That would be me. I would just wander around with, like, a spike through my side, like, it's cool. Don't touch it. They said don't <laughs> touch it. If you pull it out, other things might come, so we're just going to leave it in there. This might be the rest of my life. I might have to have this in my side forever. But I'll take it. And then they get, like, back to the hospital, and, like, Mr. Burke is just being, like, just constantly, like, he's he's dead. But they're just, like, any moment, they're just, like shocking him back into fucking existence and like they're like well the family said they want us to do it so we're gonna do it we're gonna we're gonna shock him every time his body shuts down and frank talks to mary and just kind of gives gives probably like the most poignant line of the whole film where he's like we're we're all dying mary we're all dying and it's like oh that's (laughs) what this is all about like even though, like, people are like, I need, I need Nick Cage as a like a palm reader in my life. <laughs> Just say random shit to me, please. But like, that, that, I would love it's it. It's like I don't know. It's that like teenage like thing of like that real like when you re- like I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like very very like oh, I've started reading like J D Salinger like. We're all dying. We're all we're all come to the end at some point. It's like, oh fuck off! Like we we all we yeah. There there, there 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 is no there is no grand grand afterlife. That is just yeah yeah yeah. It is it, it is what you do in this life that makes you who you yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. Uh then we get like crazy Tommy, who turns out to be uh definitely a racist. Like fucking shouts at a cabbie <laughs> like gives him a lot of shit like calls well, him a raghead we never like, thought Tommy was a really level headed guy though yeah 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 but I thought like maybe I don't know 
he, he just went. Tommy like, was a psycho from the get go. Oh yeah, yeah. But I thought, uh, yeah, like I hoped. I, I like to, to to hope for the best in people. That maybe like he was just <laughs> <laughs> that he might not be a fucking psychopath. Well, no, no, no. After the first time he met him, he was like, "If I see you again, I'm gonna kill you." Straight eye, just. I'm I thought he might kill you if I see you again, Noel. I thought he might just be a bit overzealous with like criminals that obviously like could be missed, like the criminals are misunderstood. But no, he is just out and out. Yeah, he's a fucking prick. Uh, he's just out and out arse. Psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, and then he makes this plan, which uh, I don't know, is a plan that. I would have come up with when I was about 10 years old to like right. to get someone. <laughs> just, just you go out in front and you talk to him <laughs> and talk to him. I'm going to go around the side and trick him. Well, no, he says, I, 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 I'll go down the, I'll go behind him, get on all fours and you push him over me, which is like something I used to do when I was like, yeah, like 10 years old. So what, well, like, well, what's the end game? Now you're both laying on the ground together. Well, yeah, I think he means like he's there. He can just get the pounds in. He can smash. He can smash him up a bit. Yeah, he's not caught off guard. Noel is, so that he's got the upper hand. But then, like, like before this, Frank had been saying like he's kind of really off the hinge because he's like, I just want to smash some shit. Let's just go smash a window. Like, give me a reason. We'll smash a window, and that's when they come across Noel and come up with this. Cockamimi plan to just beat him up. No, like Frank ends up smashing a window of the car. Car windows with a baseball bat, and Noel gets to slip on them. And Tommy's, but Tom, Tom, Tom's pissed about it for whatever reason. Like that's the ridiculous thing. You're ridiculous, what Frank? For hitting windows, we should be hitting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we should be beating the shit out of like. Poor innocent. He thought that was so strange. Yeah, he's he's a fucking loose cannon, uh, and he's like, "You be back here in ten minutes." And like, he's like, "Remember, the guy runs like a rat. Like, he'll try and slip away." Right. <laughs> um, he he he's a slippery fucker. <laughs> you gotta keep your eyes peeled. And then they kind of go into this like underpass, and uh, and if people forget, we're still talking about uh. Uh, Mark Anthony with that sweet ass wig. Oh yeah, fucking looking fresh to death. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Some people don't remember that he was that guy the whole time. He was he was slippery <laughs> with that fucking jet black wig. But like, it's in this bit in like the kind of underpass thing where like it looks like that Frank sees Rose's ghost in a dumpster. And then, but then, like, see, like I don't know, like he sees rustling in a dumpster, and then he's like, oh, I'll, "I'll have a look over there." And then all of a sudden, he kind of breaks out, and Tommy is beating the living shit out of Noel with a baseball bat. No, 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 no. Nick Cage has that fucking crazy sequence where he's like, he's seeing uh, that girl, Barry, mm-hmm. or is it Barry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, there's a brick wall, brick wall, that he finally gets there, and then it's, bam, it's Tommy beating yeah, the that's shit it. out yeah, of yeah. Uh, Noel with that bat. And then... Yeah, it, it was it was super wild, man. Like, he's just beating the fuck out and of him. And he's like, get like get him to the fucking hospital now, or I'm calling for backup. 
and people are going to know that you're a fucking piece of shit. And then, like, they get him to the hospital. Everything, like, looks like it's going to be fine. He goes to visit Mr. Burke, um, who's, like, like talking, like, well, he sees him as talking to him, and he's like, let me go. In, like, a little inner, inner monologue, you know? I don't know. It's, it's meant to seem like he's speaking to him from the coma? Yeah, 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 because, like, every time... I. He, he, I think he just. I think he's just fucking crazy. Oh yeah, definitely. He's just. He's just putting into it what he wants there to be. Like he wants there to be some kind of resolution to this uh, thing. Like some meaning, and wants to find like wants to help someone. He's he he's kind of lost someone in like a premature death, and kind of kind of feels like this guy maybe wants to go like should go like and maybe he could well yeah but but i also feel like he's just hearing this shit and hearing what he thinks this person's in a coma well i think through this you know he's looking for some kind of redemption in some way and maybe that being through the like by letting him go and like it's a very tense, weird scene that follows this with uh, when he, like, takes off the pads. He takes off, like, the heart monitor pads and then takes out the tube and is breathing. It, it, like, lingers on for a couple of minutes, like, where he's, like... Yeah, yeah, he puts on, he puts on the, the monitors and all that shit. So the, um, I don't know, uh, nurse's aide, the one that's monitoring all patients, doesn't get suspicious when he's killing this yeah. dude. And like, yeah. So he's given him the ability to die because if he killed him right away, then yeah, p- they would come people, in and yeah, resuscitate yeah. him for like the seventeenth time. They said, I think some around those lines. It was in the yeah, teens. yeah. And um, so he, so he had to actually make sure homie was dead. Yeah, and he before they came in, he lets him go, and then um, like says, I right, don't worry, I'll tell the family. And uh, as he walks out of the hospital. There's just a brilliant scene of Tommy smashing up an ambulance in the background. No explanation for it. He's just smashing the shit out of the ambulance. Oh, uh, Tommy? I love that. I love that. He's just walking by and Tommy's out there just beating the shit out of him. He's like, fuck you. (laughs) He was yelling at it, being crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. There's no no explanation for it. But that fit his character. Um no, it fit him being a fucking psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he goes to the Burke family to tell them the news. And, uh, well, he goes to Mary. And then at the door has a vision of Rose on Mary's face and asks for forgiveness. And Mary says to him, don't worry, it's not your fault. And I felt that this was him getting the, like, redemption he wanted because obviously yeah but it was fake yeah definitely but like in his mind that's what it took for him to absolutely be, to be level and that's why he went inside and take a little nap yeah, and little na- it got really bright light right on his face like i thought he was dying no he got a little in that in that a point. little nap on a on a on a bosom 
Oh, uh, like F, F, yeah, like, like he was, he was, he, he was like a child oh, again. Thank you, thank, thank you, Petros. Right out of a little buzz hub, just a little nappy time. Just oh, lovely, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, every yeah, it was, it was very sweet at the end. It was fucking <laughs> confusing. I feel like he was wrong. I feel like he made up both that shit, all that shit, and he killed that dude. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's um, and that is that is where the film ends, and it is very like um. I was like, oh, uh, when it got to that moment, I was like, oh, is 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 that it? Like, and then I, uh, yeah, I, I'm I feel like his uh, his little his little uh, like self finding was just him deciding to kill somebody with uh, with Burke. It was hit. It was all in his head. It wasn't anything more than that. Like Burke's, like don't let them do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It was his struggle with a person that's in a in a coma. And I agree, it's a horrible scenario to be in. Sometimes you just gotta go with it. You know, let him go. But I feel like it was it was forced. Oh yeah, definitely. I think he he looked for a way to kind of make redemption for himself. Yeah, Whether that be yeah, just calm, calm, calm his nerves or whatever it is, but he looked he looked for a way out of it, and that was it. Was just him listening to a fake murmurings of somebody in the call. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, like we obviously like. What is your opinion on this film? Did you enjoy this film, Phil? I thought it was shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, well, by the time I was done, I just it was too long. Number one, um, but I just I felt I felt like I was never really there. They never gave me a, they never led me up to anything. And maybe I'm too babied in the movies where I need like one half hour of the episode to be like, this is my life, this is what I do, and then it jumps into that. But I, I just feel like it was it was long and. They they jumped me into a situation I didn't know what was going on. What? Well, yeah, I think like the thing with me, as I said, it was more of like it was just all about tone and atmosphere and stuff like that. But it was very like conflicting in the tone and atmosphere that it gave you. In that, like, it kind of contradicted itself. In like one minute it was dark. The next minute it was light. It didn't like, know what it yeah. It didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah, it seemed like an experiment in like what can we do? And that's what I mean. It was like it kind of felt like Which are are we so cool now that we're just fucking dog and Scorsese? No, I don't mean that. I just like I reckon I ne- but I never thought in my life I would ever be like, oh, he was confused. He wasn't sure what he wanted. I reckon he should call call me next movie. Call call Phil. I'll tell you. I, I, my, my, my guess is like from the string of successes he had, and like almost like you can argue, obviously, like Goodfellas, Casino, they are like great movies, oh, they're, they're fucking solid, solid movies. movies, but they are very much of a type and like almost a niche that he has created. For himself, I feel like this is Martin Scorsese trying to do something but he, different. But he, he pulled from great, great source material, though, in those movies. But obviously this film, he's tried to, like, he's trying to pay, like, 
an old favourite, uh, Paul Schrader, who uh, wrote the script for Taxi Driver. So, obviously, something like a winning formula. I had do before. like Taxi Driver, but I don't feel... I feel like this is not even connected to that in the same manner because Taxi Driver was a great movie. I, I rewatched it and rewatched it, and it has, like, three sections that really define the movie this movie starts you off in the third and never gets past it well yeah that's what i mean i think like it's just both of them trying to do something like trying to be very cutting edge like you think like it's 1999 they're trying to be very like oh like cool and like the internet's a bit the internet's big like do you know what i mean like they're they're, they're, they're trying to keep up they the never pattern. brought up the internet I know, I know that, but like, but I, but I get it. But if they're trying to be cool, they shouldn't at least brought up that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, they're trying to be cutting edge, like, and it's like, you know what? You made a name for yourself in classic, like, new Hollywood cinema with great classic films. You don't need to try and mess a- have around. Have you with- seen a classic film in the mid two thousands that was not? Up to date of new age, but was a classic style that was still good. I'm sure I have. They don't need to. Scorsese doesn't need to try to dabble with internets and well, yeah, new age shit. He just play play what you know, exactly, bro. exactly. You got yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Like like you don't need to kind of try the art house way of doing it. Just like Scorsese has a well. I mean, okay, I, I give him some slack because it took him until like what three years ago, four or five years ago to get a fucking. Academy Awards, so he was searching for that that albatross. Yeah, definitely. I I, I feel like The Departed is uh, a great film, but is not. God, I love The Departed. Is not his Oscar winning movie, uh, in my eyes. Uh, I feel like no. I feel like I feel like he got stuck with a few years where he was gambling against other really great movies. Yeah, and then there was year there was years in between where way lesser films won. Well, yeah, I think it was a, a case of, like, uh, I guess we've got to give it to Scorsese. We've fucked up so many times before and not given it to him. Uh, <laughs> let's do it now. He's 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 going to quit if we don't give yeah, him yeah, one definitely. now. Um, well, obviously, you now know our opinions of this movie. How do you think, Phil, this film rates on IMDb, oh, Rotten Tomatoes, and... The third thingy we will have is Roger Ebert this week, but Roger Ebert. Okay. So I am I am DB. What do you reckon? Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, yeah. My guess. My guess is IMDb. I would say a five seven six point eight. And Rotten Tomatoes. Um, well, after that little six six eight. I'd say uh, 61%. 71%. Okay, okay. We're doing good. <laughs> uh, Roger Ebert, I say three. Four out of four. Come on! Yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert, four okay. out of four. Um, in, in my defense, I if I watched it in 99, I might have been blown away. 
yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess for you know, it's it's. I mean, that you always gotta take it in time because I have a lot of movies on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes that I've rated very highly, but there were movies I watched when I was thirteen, fourteen <laughs> that I absolutely love, like fucking Running Man and Commando and Arno movies and shit like that. You know, I love those movies, so they are fucking fours at best. But I think they're yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get you. Know, you so know. I get it. <laughs> So if I rate if I rated it as I saw it, which Rotten Tomatoes wasn't around when this came out, so a lot of that shit bothers me. Uh, Roger Ebert, old take. IMDb is a lot of nostalgia too. Yeah, definitely. And when did IMDb come out? Like mid two thousand. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't around in ninety nine. That is it for what the internet says. Uh, obviously, that's, 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 that's not that's not horrible though. I mean, in, in the world of movies, that's a C plus B minus average. Oh well, at least Scorsese, he's gonna get he's gonna get some like um, apologists anyway. He's gonna get people who are just gonna like say it's great and like even if they don't if if they don't get it, they're gonna go, oh, it's great. I didn't get it. That's because I'm it, stupid. It was a great. It was a great director trying something different. Don't blame him for the exactly, acting. exactly. Right. Uh, well, you now know what a couple of idiots think about this film. You now know what the internet know, uh, says about this film. I guess that is that is that is it. Uh, so, Phil, where can people find you or those movie guys like? Yeah, when when do when do you guys release episodes? We record uh, Tuesday night and drop a late Tuesday night. So if you're a, a late person, it's always around. But uh, Wednesday mornings, it's up. Uh, those movie guys podcast dot com. Those movie guys podcast on Facebook, Instagram, on Twitter. It's TMG underscore podcast. And yeah, we're all over the fucking place, dude. Nice. We do uh, it all. It's been a pleasure having you on this episode. Patros is the best, man. We we, we <laughs> love you. Those movie guys love you, dude. Um, we shot you out as much as we can. You gave us a great, great intro, which I cannot be on thank you for because we have not got nothing but good things about that. No intro. worries, man. I don't know what you were thinking or what you were doing. <laughs> were you uh, were, were you a little boozed up one night and decided just to... Uh, Mix it up or what? Uh, I just, I just, um, I don't know. Because <laughs> people are wondering, like, how you just, just did it, because it's great. Well, I just thought, like, I thought your intro just didn't, like, I just thought something that, like, you needed something that really, like, captured what the show was about, and, like... <laughs> well, our intro, our intro is uh, Joe Merle of our podcast, and it's his brother's band, the Gasoline Gypsies. Nice, nice, but do you know so what I mean? we, We've always had that, but it, yeah, it never set the tone of what you're listening to. It was just a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just, I just thought like, what would like if 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 it was a new listener, and like attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. What, yeah, where 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 am I at right now? What did, what did I even download? And it's like you hear a little little bluegrass playing, a little little strumming. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I totally, I totally get it. But yeah, man, that's that, that is so awesome, dude. You did this a solid. No worries. It was, and and I, and I even say it. I say it now more than I ever did. It's like I'm watching movies. <laughs> 
That's like I, I I took that all from like one episode, and I was just like, I'm gonna like I'm gonna fucking do it. It's just like because we're idiots, because we're fucking idiots. We talk about movies. Uh, if 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 you guys listen to Petros and don't know our show, we just watch movies and TV and really. We don't know anything about most things, but we talk a lot about all of it. Amazing. Well, I've been Petrus Patsilovus. I am Phil. We've been caged in. You've been rad. Bye. Petros. Petros. Hey, guys. If you've uh, managed to get to the end and not not just uh, skipped it or... Just thought, fuck this, this guy chats a load of shit. Um, it's a little bonus thing for you. If you go over to those movie guys, uh, when they drop their newest episode, um, I'll be on it. I'll be talking movies with those guys, what I've watched, what I enjoyed talking. Just a regular version of their episode, but it's going to be me. So it's going to be those caged in movie guys crossover just chatting shit about movies and that. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged in Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.